Guys, people, on today's show, I tell you a little bit about what I do at work. And I explain to you why you should fail fast. I mean, really, really fast if you gon' fail. And then I have a story in what in the world about this lady at the hall. Urgh, she makes me so mad. To my first time listeners, please do take a moment to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And search Inspire Guys People on YouTube. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. Inspiration, now in session. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. I need you to hurry up and fail. Yep, you heard me right. Fail fast. Look, in the corporate world, right? I work on, um, how do I say, uh, what do I do? You know, it's always hard trying to explain what I do because sounds really important and it is important but I don't want to try to sound like I'm trying to sound important I'm a business development manager and um one of the things that I do is I negotiate you know partnerships right I develop business wow it's in the name look at someone now and say it's in the name oh uh. Anyway, one of the things that I have to do is fail fast. And the reason I have to do that is because it's a fast-paced environment and there's a lot of expectation and pressure to meet goals, deadlines, targets. And so as I'm building partnerships, I want to be authentic and I, I really do care about the partnerships that I'm trying to build. At the same time, in the midst of that, I have to be concerned about not just my time, but your time. So it's one of those things where, you know, if this isn't going anywhere, if this is going to end, you know, not necessarily how I want it to, if I'm going to fail, then I need to fail fast. The reason I need to fail fast is because I need to spend my time building, developing profitable relationships and partnerships. Does that make sense? All right, we're going to dig into this. These partnerships that I'm developing are, you know, six to seven figure partnerships. And I'm dealing typically with a CEO or, or a COO of a business. Every now and then, you know, someone on the executive staff other than those. But at some point, you'll get to those individuals. So when you're dealing with these type of folks, you know, they don't have a lot of time to waste. And when you have pressure to succeed, you don't have a lot of time to waste. Expectations, goals, right? I always believe in trying to be the best at whatever I do. And so I bring that in 
every facet of my life, or at least I try to, and I'm growing towards that. So why do I need to fail fast? Think of it this way. If I spend, let's say, eight months dealing with you, and, you know, within the first one month of our, our interactions, I kind of knew, like, oh, this, uh, this person, this situation, you know, they're asking for something that I can't, you know, um, deliver on. It's, and then I stay in that relationship for eight months just to find out what I knew in two months. That, that's not good time management. That's just not being an authentic uh, manager. Because at the end of the day, if you're, you know, someone that I'm trying to engage and build a partnership and you're asking for things that I know I can't deliver on, the sooner that I tell you I can't deliver or the sooner that you tell me you're not interested, then we both get to go and move on and waste, not not waste, not waste the next six months, right? Because we already put a month or two in, but we get to... Fail fast, say, hey, shake hands, it didn't work, call me, you know what I can do now. Hey, if it works out in the future, I'm here. Fail fast don't mean like, hey, man, I'm out, I'll holler at you, this ain't going to work. No, you're doing business. But if you can fail fast, then you can get to something more profitable. That's the whole goal. Now let's think about that for our lives. Because this is a principle that really applies to anything. You know, if I'm an entrepreneur, you know, let's take, you know, uh, Bellwether Fashion, right? When I had the clothing line, I did that for like three and a half years. On that third year, I started realizing, oh, I don't really like the the business of fashion, like the industry, like because I came into it as a creative and I, I had a vision and I was, you know, delivering on that to some extent. I could have done better. You can always do better. But I was delivering on some things. I was putting out quality product that I'm still proud of to this day. But as I started dealing with the business and the industry, I was like, "Mm, this isn't going to work for me. I don't like the fashion industry. I don't like the the inner workings and the dealings of it. And so I remember kind of talking to my wife about it. And I want to say I took a break first. I was like, let me just take some time away from it. And then in that break, it was like, yeah, I got to move on. I got to, I, listen, I got to fail fast. I've already spent three and a half years of my life working on this business. The moment that I realize it's not going to work, I need to move on. I'm not talking about being hasty. Don't like, so don't mistake in what I'm saying for thinking that I'm telling you go out and make a hasty decision. I'm telling you the moment that you know. Look, come on, y'all. Some of us, you in a relationship. I ain't trying to break up no marriages right now, so don't take that. I'm talking about single folks that are dating, right? You're dating a person, and you already know two weeks in, mm, this ain't going to work. It's all type of red flags, and you ignoring it because you're trying to hope that something is going to change. But you might spend the next two years of your life hoping for something that you're going to find out two years later that you could have failed fast in two months and moved on to a better situation. Failing fast is tough for some people. Let's, let's, let's talk about why is this difficult. 
the number one reason why is because people like to hold on to things and we're afraid to move on. And so it's a comfort thing. You could be, oh, I'm already used to dealing with this person. Well, I've been doing this business this long. Or I don't want to break up because what is everybody out there going to think of me? Because I was just posting pictures on IG last week talking about how in love I am with, you know, this new person. And now if I'm single, it's going to be embarrassing. And so I'm realizing that sometimes we are literally willing to stay in a bad situation because we're embarrassed. So we fail slow. We go through a slow, grueling process of failure in the meantime while giving up years of our life sometimes. Good years. Young, nimble years. You know what I'm saying? Just to fail later. And so that's that's not a good look. And so especially in business, we have to look at a situation and be real with ourselves too. So when I was doing a fashion thing, the moment I knew it wasn't going to work, I had to be real with myself. When I'm trying to develop business partnerships, I have to be real. Listen, y'all, step one, be real with yourself. We say this sometimes on this show. Like, you can lie to other people, whatever. You shouldn't, but I'm just saying, don't lie to yourself. Like, don't stay in a situation like you're in quicksand and you're just going to stay there because you're lying to yourself. We have to assess the situation, look at it for what it is, and the moment you know it's not right, don't be afraid to move on. It was another situation for me, you know, probably in, this was 2011, when I first became a solo artist in music, and I had already spent a few years in a group, you know, being booked every single weekend, it seemed like. I mean, we had multiple bookings and weekends, and we started traveling to other states and stuff, doing music. And it was cool. It was dope. And then when I became a solo artist, it was like, wow, I got to kind of start this process all over again. And, you know, as the music group, you know, just working behind the scenes, there was a plan that that was worked, deciding like, OK, we started off free. We moved up to like, oh, we need $50. We need gas money to come out and this was all a plan. Like I, I was, you know, really vital in figuring out these numbers and when do we raise our price and all those things. And, you know, eventually we could get $1,500 to come out, right? $1,000 to come out and book us for an event. And that was real cool. You know, you're talking over 10 years ago, right? So that was really good. Now I start over <laughs> in 2011 and it's like, wow, I can't, tell people $1,000 for just me. I was in this dope group and it was all these people and it was a band. And so what's my point? I had started over and now I'm back at the, oh, do it for $50 or $100 and, you know, those type of things. And in those first couple of years, I remember kicking it with Tiff and I think it was her that said it first, but I don't remember. But we agreed. It was like, yo, I'm kind of tired of this. Like, I'm tired of being at churches and events every week. Like, it's not leading to anything for real. And, you know, we, I said, I'm like, bet, it's a wrap. We're not doing that no more. And you fast forward now to, like, eight years later, I went through a series of years of, like, not accepting anything. Then, like, one or two, like, I'm to the point now 
where my goal coming into the year is typically I'm going to accept two or three quality engagements. Why? I've done free stuff. Now, in eight years, I've also built up myself in, as an artist and grown, and I have good people around me, and it's kind of like where I was when I was doing a group. At the end of the day, now I can ask for those type of amounts again. What's my point? My point isn't the money or the amount. The point is I made a decision. When I knew I was tired and my wife told me she's tired of going to churches every week and being booked, we failed fast. That was it. And guess what? Sometimes church people were mad at me because there's this thing that happens in church, right? I'm just being transparent, giving y'all some behind the scenes. And, you know, this is just how stuff really goes. There's a thing people do in church that's kind of funny to me, where it's like they, they try to override business with making you feel bad. And it's like, uh, in the beginning, that works. People can, oh, we just want you to come out and just, it's for the kids. And it's like, well, after I did 50 events for the kids, <laughs> and I stayed in your church for four and a half hours sweating, and you didn't pay me, and then you sold chicken dinners for $10 and made me pay. Listen, this type of stuff happens, okay? I'm, I'm not like, anyway, I'm just telling y'all the truth. So hopefully nobody takes offense to this if your church is selling chicken dinners to the artist. This is no offense. I have no bitterness and no hurt or anger or harsh feelings towards it. It's just hilarious. When my wife told me she was tired of it, we moved on. And I'm not trying to be famous. I'm not trying to be this big artist. I do what I love. I'm trying to inspire God's people. So I only do, last year I think I did five events, and all of them were great events. And it's still for the kids. It's still for the Lord, to God's glory, because I don't have to accept everything. Believe it or not, and it's going to hurt. You know, it might sting a little bit. A lot of the free stuff was the worst type of stuff. That was the stuff I'm like, God ain't getting no glory out of this because this church is wilding. It's wilding. It's wilding. I've been a lot of events in a lot of places. Much love to anybody who ever has booked me. My point is, it's better to fail fast so you can move to something better. Because how messed up would it have been if I would have spent six years realizing, you know what, this ain't really working. I'm going to stop. And my wife told me six years ago that she was tired of going from church to church every weekend. But because you told me, it's for the kids, I'm going to just forsake my wife's feelings and I'm going to just, you know, those are the type of things. Listen, people, it's a lot of, look, I'm just kicking it with y'all today again. But it's a lot that you could take out of this just kicking it because some of us allow our, you know, entrepreneurial aspirations to get in the way of our family. And, you know, it, this is some tricky stuff, especially as Christians and believers and and business inside the church. Business inside the church is just very, very tricky to navigate. And I noticed that. A lot of times people just stay away from talking about this stuff. You know, for me, I don't I guess I'm comfortable because I don't have anything to hide about it or I don't think it's wrong, you know, to pay someone to come to your church and do something. I really don't. But also I'm not just for the money. Right. Just like in anything in life. But, you know, you got to think if someone has a family and someone is been to 100 churches, here, here's the thing that churches do that. And I'm just trying to maybe help you if you're a church having an event. You know, when you call an artist or someone, right, 
and then you don't value them. You saying I'm good enough that you want me, but then you don't value my time enough, my effort and my energy to take care of me. But the problem is when I come to your church and sit in this service for four hours, then you do a whole hour of the pastor talking about how we should give to the church. Giving is like a revolving door. It's like, yo, that's, that's a two-way street. You can't preach about giving and you don't give. So you can't have, bring people in the church, take all their money, and then now ain't nobody got money to buy my music. Anyway, that stuff used to happen before. I'm going to get away from that before I get in trouble. Listen, if you do want to book me, don't hesitate to reach out, man. JermaineWilsonMusic uh, at gmail.com. That's Jermaine, J-E-R-M-A-I-N-E. Wilson, W-I-L-S-O-N, music, M-U-S-I-C, at gmail.com. It's all one word. I have started accepting engagements for this year. I have, what, I'll be in Mississippi for music at a conference in June. I'm speaking at a conference in May, speaking at a church in March. And I do a lot of travel, so if you catch me and I say no, it's no offense, but I do like to be up front and say no. If I can't do it, I don't like to play games. You know what I mean? So hopefully y'all appreciate that. What I'm trying to say is sometimes saying no is necessary. And as long as you're willing to let people manipulate you, then you won't be able to say no, which means you won't be able to fail fast. So whether it's that business deal, whether it's that relationship, if you allow people to string you along and manipulate you and you know it's going nowhere, you're failing slow. But sometimes when you just say no, you're cutting the ties right there. You're like, hey, you know what? I've been dating you for two months, and I don't really like you, and I don't want to try to change you, so I want you to stay the same. Uh, you from the East, I'm from the We still the same. Look, stay the same, bro, but I got to go. Don't let them string you on, ladies. What am I saying? Why am I telling y'all to break up with everybody today? What I'm telling you is don't allow other people to manipulate you and cause you to be stuck in a bad situation for longer than you need to be. Here is the key to it all at the end of the day. I'm not just on this whole fail fast, break up, leave everybody thing. That's not what I'm trying to get you to do just for sake of doing it. it all of it means nothing if you don't learn something from it. So one of the things in this life is, if you're like me, you've made a lot of mistakes, okay? I haven't always been who I am today. I had to grow to become this person. And so through different phases and steps of my life, one of the things that I've tried to make sure is like, whew, all right, I messed up on that one. Like, man, dang, Jay, like messing up doesn't feel good. It's embarrassing. It's, it's tough. It, like messing up is just, oh, that's why we need Jesus to forgive us. That's how I needed him. Because like, man, you be messing up a lot. I didn't need Jesus to forgive me for a whole lot of stuff, y'all. But here's the thing I try to make sure. What did I learn from that situation? Failing fast is about learning fast. It's about looking at a situation and being able to identify an opportunity to grow in yourself. It's not about pointing a finger at the other person. See, that's the thing I don't want you to necessarily get misconstrued. This is not just about, oh, I got to fail fast with you. You're a horrible business. No, sometimes it's I can't deliver what is going to make this work right now. So I need to fail fast and go get myself together. But regardless of whose fault it is, you need to be able to learn and build. 
Okay? Learn and build. So I'm going to learn from this situation that I just went through, and then I'm going to use what I learned to build something better the next time. So bellwether fashion, I learned from it. Now that we're doing Inspire God's People, the podcast, I'm building on what I learned. That's how I'm talking to you is because I failed fast. So because I failed fast, I got to y'all quicker. What if I would have spent two and a half more years doing a fashion thing? Had I failed slow, I wouldn't be here now. And now able to build something proactively for my future. So when I tell you to fail fast, it's not that I'm happy that you're failing. It's that I know failure happens in life. It does happen. And if I'm going to fail, the faster I fail, the quicker I can move on. You feel what I'm saying? Guys, people, it is time for the J-Will Music Song of the Day. When we come back, I got some things on my heart, some what in the world. I can't wait to talk about this. I'm mad about it. And we might get social if we have enough time. But for now, check out Read B Verses. The song is entitled Micah's In My Arms, and the album is entitled Micah's Birthday. You are now Sky Dreaming. Yeah. Sky Dreaming. Yeah. I'm going to take you on this ride with me. Yeah. I feel, I feel wonderful. Yeah. This is Sky Dreaming, we are blasting off Waving high to these devils while I'm passing, y'all I'm a little bit more passive as I age a bit If I want to see a change, I gotta change a bit Exchanges, they be strange with these strangers care Why complain about these things without us changing it? If I want to see revival, then I must repent The movement starts with that, the rest is up to him Praying to be softer as I lead my wife. I'll be a better husband if I lead in Christ. To be honest, oftentimes I'm not leading right. Like she's in need of me and not in need of Christ. Micah's in my arms while I write this he. And we run I rock the world. him to the beat because he's fighting sleep. Yeah, so I'm fighting him. Man, I wish I had his fight when I'm fighting sin. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't leave it up to me. They stretched you on that cross. You shed your blood for me. My life, I give it back to him. I'm praying for the ones who turn their backs to him. Please, turn back from sin. Yeah, turn back to him. Yeah. <laughs> you are now sky dreaming. God's people, what in the world is up with people who take their jobs too seriously? Now, look, we started off this show talking about the work that I do. And guess what? I'm serious about my work. I know I'm a silly guy. I know you listen to this show and get a little bit of the mixture of the serious side of me. You hear the silly side. You hear all these different little sides of my personality. But at the end of the day, I do believe in being great. And I believe in trying hard. And being the best. That's, I've been like that since I was younger. I always like to win. But, all right, 
taking your job serious and taking your job too serious, those are totally different things, okay? And so let me try to let me walk through that. I'm gonna try to stay calm through this because I was hot. hot. Hotter than the hot and ready. Say it with me. Hotter than the hot and ready. Hey, I was hotter than the hot and ready. This lady had me so mad this weekend. We were at the hall with my family. We had a special birthday celebration, you know, going on. And we were setting up. You know, we were there. Like, let's let's get this thing together. They got me in there. My mom got me working. You know, y'all don't, you know, it's. We ain't going to get into that, but listen, when they get me working, you know it's a serious situation going on. Because I'm busy, man. Look, I, I'm busy. When people be trying to have me work, I'm like, look, all I do is work. I just want to chill. So we in the hall setting up. Now, granted, you know, my mom handled this transaction, you know, and uh, we having a surprise party for my dad. We getting things together, and I don't know you know, the business of this, what we paid or nothing. But I know we paid something. I know they didn't let us in here free. So we just trying to set up for the party. So we got this banner. You know, now, now let me tell you about this lady who work here. This is the second time my mom used this hall. And the first time, we had a real cool lady. Like, she was just super cool. Like, we was on it. This time, this lady was so serious about watching us. Like, okay, I'm being real. She was legit acting like she was the FBI and we had like broken into this place and were sneaking to set up for a party. That was her whole vibe. And if you know me, you know, if you don't know me, one thing about me is like I like to spend money for things so I can get quality things, quality experiences. I like good customer service. I'm not like a a needy customer, though. I just like to be treated right. And I'll come to you and spend money again. But I don't like when people don't have good customer service. And I do not like when people treat me like they're doing me a favor when I'm spending money. At the same time, this wasn't my money being spent. But we at this hall setting up and we had this banner. And I specifically went and purchased the, you know, non the damage free, like command little hanging things. I've been using these things around my house for the past four or five years. Every Wherever we move, this is what we use because we don't like to leave holes in the wall. And we've put up 30, 40 pictures with this thing and never had an issue. They are a little on the expensive side. You know what I mean? You're going to pay. Again, I like to pay for quality. So you're going to pay more than just putting a, a tack in the wall. So I purchased these things. Now... I go ahead and put this banner up using these damage-free hanging materials, right? And I'm, listen, it's not like, it's a, it's a nice haul. You get what I'm saying? But I'm trying to paint the picture. It's not like, we gonna call it a middle-class haul. Let's do that. It's not like I went into like Caesar's Palace and started hanging stuff on the wall. This was like a, it wasn't bootleg, but it was like a mid-tier haul. I mean, it looked hang on the wallable to me. So I, you know, I go ahead and hang this thing up. Granted, me and Jarrell, we spent 20 minutes trying to get the thing on the wall. 
She said nothing while we were doing that. We get the thing on the wall, and she, oh, if you would have saw her come out, she's like, oh, no. Oh, no, we cannot have that. Now, let me say this, okay? This was about the third thing that she was on us about. So there was already, like, tension and irritation in the air. Because I'll get to the other stuff in a minute. So she comes over to me. This has to come off the wall. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, she's like, there's nothing you can, you'll mess up the wall. I'm like, well, hold on, hold on. I'm like, like I used damage free hanging. Like I got the, I'm like, she's like, no, those things. No, somebody has messed up the wall with that before. I'm like, hold on. I'm like, hold on. I'm not sure if you know what I have. I'm trying to show her the package. I'm like, I'm, I, I use these all the time. She's like, nope. I had to replace the whole wall before with that. All right, pause, time out, time out. <laughs> so now I don't have good sense to you then. Now, this is where the disrespect comes into me. I'm like, okay, maybe it's because I'm dressed in clean up clothes or something. I don't know why you looking at me like this and treat me like I don't have good sense. But how do you mess up a wall, a whole wall? You had to replace the whole wall. That's what she said. Because someone put up damage free sticking materials to hang a picture. She's like, yes. So, so I was like, okay, how much is it to redo the wall then? I'll pay for it. She, oh no, that just, we just can't do that. That has to come down. Now here's what get tricky folks. First of all, let me just say this. I don't have a problem if you're gonna ask me to take it off the wall and you approach me correctly. If it's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sir, excuse me. You know, you may not know, but our policy here is this, this, and this. And I know you use the damage-free, you know, hooks or whatever, but yeah, it's just blah, blah, blah. I, I promise y'all, I'm easy to work with. But once you come out the, like, Woodworks, like you the FBI, and I just like, I'm America's most wanted for this thing, and then you're going to insult my intelligence and tell me that some you... You had to replace a whole, first of all, the wall look old. I'm going to just be the first one to tell you. I'm covering up a spot by putting this thing on the wall. But she wasn't having it. I'm like, okay, cool. So we finally take the thing down. It took a lot to get me to take it down. I'm not going to lie. And I was like, okay, I know what time it is. Don't worry about it. She goes to the back <laughs> and get the contract. And she's trying to show my mama like the small print, like, see here, Look, look, you know, and again, it's the way she's dealing with us. This was the problem. It was the way she was dealing with us. It's like, here, see, see, and if I let you get it up, then someone else is going to want to do that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what, lady? None of our friends and family are booking this place because I'm going to tell them that you're crazy. So I was mad. We ended up putting the banner in a different spot, and, you know, it worked out fine, but I was irritated based off the principle. Now, again, I was confused because I'm like, it seems like she, and she's the only staff member that was there. So it's like, it seems like her job would have been to serve us customer service. But she was there with the attitude as if she was watching us. That was just, I don't, I just didn't like it. You know what I mean? Like I did not enjoy that experience. Here's what else she did. So my brother Jarrell, he's a drummer, j Rail Hits. And, you know, he kind of, you know, he has his band, the J-Hits band. And um, he was kind of doing his own thing because it was a snowstorm. So whatever, the rest of the band didn't come. 
So he kind of had his own little system where he had, you know, the music on his phone and he was drumming to that. And then we had, you know, some singing uh, with my sister-in-law, Kay. All right, cool. So Jarrell just hooked his phone up to the speaker system because there's a speaker system in there. Old girl loses her mind. Oh, you cannot play music through those speakers. And Jarrell's like, well, why not? That's what they designed for. Like, they speakers. <laughs> I don't know. Like, again, these are the... T so my man had to go get the speaker out of his car. You know, thank God he's a musician and he got his own equipment. He had to go get the speakers out of his car to, like, we could use the microphone to talk through her, her speaker. But... And she had, it was multiple speakers up there. This wasn't like a Bluetooth speaker or something. But we couldn't play music. Like, you talking about, like, jazz, like, soul music. We not in there. Okay. So, for anybody, if I could paint the picture, this is, like, a mature Christian, like, old school vibe part. This isn't, like, the club. None of us have this vibe. Like, we not coming in here to turn this place inside out. And again, my mom is a repeat customer. So here's what I just want y'all to understand, anybody out there. I'm not mad that you take your job serious. Like, okay, I want you to be serious about it. But it's levels to how serious you're going to take your job. And you got to be real with yourself. Like, I've worked all type of jobs. So I've been like an um, assistant, like janitor when I was a teenager. I was washing windows. Imagine if I'm in there knocking on the window like, hey, you, hey, yeah, yeah, you. I'm looking at you. It's like, dude, you're the window guy. Like, why are you acting like the security guard? Wash the window. You're the window guy. It's like when I worked at McDonald's and I was the cashier, what if I came up to you at your table asking you why your feet are up on the stool or something? Like, It's like, hey, guy, ring me up. Your job is this, two cheeseburgers, no pickle, add mayo. That was me ringing it up. That was my job at the time. I should be very serious about that particular job, but I don't own the McDonald's. One of the things that bothers me, and again, I know that going above and beyond could be a great thing, but understand your job titles and responsibilities. It's like when you start doing stuff like, it's kind of like the security guard that tries to act like a police officer. It's like, buddy, that, that's not your job. You don't go into the evidence room. That, that's not what you do. You don't read people their rights. You flash a light on me if I'm in a dark place. That's what you do. So anyway, we got to do our jobs, but we got to stop overdoing it. All right, let's leave that alone before I make somebody mad. It's time to get social. Let's get social. It's time to get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Guys, people, it's time to head over to my Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah, 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 uh, uh. It's time to head over to my Facebook page. Jermaine James is my name on Facebook, and we are about to get social. Let's see what I've been talking about. I love this segment, and I haven't done it in quite a while, so we should, you know, spend some time and enjoy each other here. Let's see what's been going on. The first post, let's see, 62 likes, 11 comments, and two shares. 
This is actually a quote from my boy Gabe Parker. I was listening to his show, The Path of Revelation podcast. Check him out. And this is what he said on one of his episodes. He said, temptation is not an opportunity to sin. That, like, I thought that was pretty dope, man. Like, that was, when I really thought about it, I'm like, yeah. Like, how many times does it feel like with temptation when you're tempted, like, you feel like it's an opportunity to do wrong? Let's just be real. That's how we look at what I, what temptation is. It's like, oh, snap, I want to I wanna do something bad. This feels like that's what I should do. Temptation is actually an opportunity to do right by God. It's actually your chance to have faith. Your chance. Like, and it, look, these are things I know. If we all knew this when we were younger and had it at a different stage in our life, maybe we would have made better decisions, but you have the information now. Temptation is an opportunity for righteousness. And when you change your mind in that little bitty way, it's like a big difference. So the next time now you find yourself being tempted by sin, you might stop and think like, oh, this is my chance to do what I said I was going to do and live right by God. This is my opportunity to please God. So I thought that was cool. Shout out to Gabe. The next post had 124 likes, 51 comments, and 19 shares. Here's what I said. I've tried to help many people, only to learn that most people don't want help. Why? Because real help holds you accountable to change, and most people don't really want change. Being broke is fun. I'll explain later. (laughs) Sin is fun. We all know this. But change and growth takes effort, and effort isn't built on fun. So if you heard last week's show, episode 57, Being Broke is Fun, I made this post before I recorded that show. And here's the thing, like, I'm not going to get too deep into it because we talked about a lot of it on the show. But don't be a person that is living a life based on fun. And, And if you are, Check out last week's episode, and I got some heartfelt words for you. You know what I mean? All love. But, man, I'm telling you, y'all don't even know how many people I've helped, how many people I've sat with in a Starbucks for two hours going over business plans. Like, I mean, it's several people I've, I've given the time and opportunity. And it's not that all of them are like, not everything went wrong. Sometimes it's like that's all it was. It was one meeting or two meetings, three meetings, and we go over stuff and go away. But I'm just saying I've. I've done things that I don't talk about to try to help people. I've offered help to people. I'm on the phone with someone at least once a week. And one thing I notice is like some people are serious, but a lot of people, they just want to try to get the answers. And if you don't tell them what they want to hear, it's like, oh, this ain't really fun. Because I'm going to tell you how to do the work. I'm not really like a get rich quick, succeed quick, out overnight type person. I'm about the process. So. Anyway, we did a whole episode on that. Why did I even read that post? Let's move on. This here post had 158 likes, 120 comments, and two shares. Here's what I said. Women are crazy. I was five hours away from home, and my wife asked me to stop by the store on the way home to pick something up. We live less than five minutes from said store. Yes, she was at home 
chilling like fresh ice. I went, though, and then I got the laughing emojis. This was a very interesting moment, guys, people. <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out how am I about to drive home from Indiana, a five-hour trip, after I've been in meetings all day long in Indiana, and I've been there for a couple days, and, you know, you're just ready to come back home. <laughs> Old girl say, can you grab something from the store? Now, here was the thing that got me about my wife. This was when I realized she was crazy because she asked me in the same tone that she would ask me in if I was around the corner. And the thing that tripped me out personally was like, I don't even know if I feel like going to the store or not because I'm five hours away from the store. Like, it's a whole five hours before I even know if I have the energy in me to stop at a store when I just got home from a long trip. Meanwhile, you at home watching TV, chilling, relaxing, and a store three minutes away. Women, you guys are crazy. This post has 73 likes, four comments, four shares. And I said, stop buying things you can't afford just to live up to a superficial reputation. Y'all know that's real. Like, you know, we got to get to the point where we're growing out of buying things for other people. And again, like I said earlier, I don't I like quality things. Um, in certain situations, like I'll pay for quality. I don't like to overpay just for a name. So it's like if you're a name brand, but you don't have quality, I'm good. You know, or if you have quality and like random unnecessary things, let's just give you an example. I remember one time I was in the walking in the mall. I'm like, let me walk in the Gucci store because I don't buy Gucci. You know, I can't afford that. I walked in the Gucci store and I looked at a scarf. The scarf was five hundred dollars. I've never walked in a Gucci store again in my life. <laughs> and that was probably 15 years ago. Listen, bro, that's the wrong, look, mm -mm, nah, for me, it's only, it's only so high a scarf can get, like, it's only so good of a quality scarf that you can make, you, you charging me $500 because you put the G's on it, I'm straight on that, like, normal scarves cost $15, $20, I would think a real nice quality scarf might hit you for $50. Maybe 60 if it's Christmas, but $500, see, that's quality, and I don't care how good that scarf is, it's the wrong type of quality. I'm not paying $500 for a scarf so y'all can think I'm dope. It ain't happening. I'm telling you right now, if you see me in a Gucci scarf, you better look closely because those ain't really G's on there. They like B's, Bucci. That's what that is. I didn't went to the gas station and tried to play it off. Which leads me to my next post. This is going to be the last one. It has 102 likes, 8 comments, and 19 shares. Here's what I said. Stop worrying about who people think you are and become who you're supposed to be. Guys, people, if you've been listening to this show, then you know that this show is about balancing faith and business to guide you to your purpose. If you are going to find your purpose in life, you have to stop worrying about who people think you are. 
and become who you're supposed to be. See, those are two different situations. If you worry about who people think you are, you might try to go buy the Gucci scarf because they think you dope. They think you got a good reputation for fashion and you got to live up to what everyone thinks. And now you're doing things that are setting you back because you're trying to please them. When you focus on becoming who you're supposed to be, first of all, you got to know who you're supposed to be. We find our identity in Christ. That's why we read the Bible. That's why we pray, search the scriptures, meditate on the scriptures. I'm not talking about just read a scripture out of randomly is he'll give you the desires of your heart. Uh, let's not skip the delight yourself in the Lord part. Let's not just skip over the fact that delight doesn't mean just, oh, sunny delight. I'm happy. It's a delight. No, no, no. To delight in the Lord means to align yourself with his will. So let's read the Bible properly. We can find our purpose, find out who you're supposed to be. So many of us are out here living in this world and we're trying to be who people want us to be. But I'm telling you, there is someone who you're supposed to be. Think about that person. Close your eyes. Visualize. Who am I supposed to be? What does that person look like? What do they wear? Ain't a Gucci scarf for me. Maybe some nice cashmere scarf from Macy's or something. Maybe Lord and Taylor. I don't know. But we're not hitting the Gucci stuff. Nah, 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 nah. But what's my point? How does that person talk? When they meet people, do they shake hands with a firm handshake? The person you're supposed to be. Do they make eye contact? These are areas that we all have to grow in if we're not already there. Where does this person work? What type of, you know, style do they have? The future you, you need to get to know that person now so that you could become that person. If you could see it in your head first, you can start working on becoming that person because it's going to take time. It's not overnight. It's a process. So, God's people, you know I love y'all. I'll see y'all next week, man. I'll see y'all next week, man. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world.